Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turned podcast Too Beautiful to Live in the Napa Auto Parts studio in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I'm Bobby Pape. That's Napa. Get the good stuff. Napa. And joining me this morning in Austin, Texas, is the man who no longer knows how to introduce himself suddenly, Mike Frizzell. Hello, Mike. Well, hello, Bobby, from the AutoZone Studios in Austin, Texas. You know, Bobby, with cold, wet weather upon us, there's no better time to get on over to AutoZone and have one of our trained technicians perform a 17-point inspection on your car, truck, or van to make sure you're ready for what old man winter has in store. From wiper blades to antifreeze to emergency flares, AutoZone has you covered. Make sure you've done everything you can to get your precious cargo, your family, home for the holidays. Get in the zone, AutoZone. And did Everett Washington in the Everett Studios. I don't know any other auto parts stores offhand. Christy Wise. Hello, Christy. Hello. I'm not selling anything. <laughs> oh, 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 O'Reilly. It's going to be one of those mornings. Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling myself today. I just want to let you know that. I like it. Mike's back. Welcome back for another week of Little Red Bandwagon, folks. Uh, Meredith would join us this morning, but she is dead. <laughs> uh, do we find out later what She's a ghost. Her? I don't remember. I think I, I do. do. <laughs> my, look at my name. <laughs> <laughs> we will get into that later. Uh, Meredith is dead and or in Florida. Uh, and then while we figure out which one is worst, we'll talk about some Little Red Bandwagon business <laughs> followed by your Week in Review uh, and then how you can get involved with the show. <clears throat> but let's start with some LRB business. A reminder to everyone who's coming out for TBTL's 2000th show, or maybe you're not even coming out for TBTL's 2000th show, but you still want something to do the night after Thanksgiving, Friday, November 27th at 8 p.m. Uh, we will be having a Little Red Bandwagon meetup, the Party Like It's 1999 TBTL 2K Eve meetup featuring Phyllis Fletcher, at the Mandarin Gate, which I hear is a restaurant with mediocre Chinese food in Seattle. Again, that's 8 o'clock, Friday night, the 27th, at the Mandarin Gate. I will be there. Christy will be there. Jeremy will probably be there. And so will stickers. And so will stickers. So come on out. <clears throat> come party with us the night before. Uh, because we spent days trying to come up with other options for before or after the 2000s show and realized that this was a much smarter idea. So come party all night, sleep it off all day, and then go to the 2000th show. Uh, there is a Facebook event for this, so go to our Facebook page, Little Red Bandwagon, to find it and let us know you're coming. Or if you're not, still chime in because uh, there's a lot of fun stuff happening there. Any other business, folks? Not for me. All right, let's um, get into our weekend we review. We can do... Should we do archive now or later? Let's do archive uh, at the end. Okay. Because we've got some announcements there, uh, and we got to keep this tight because that's mm -hmm. what matters in this format with unlimited time. <laughs> <clears throat> Starting with Monday episode number 1982, salt to taste. That's salt to taste, but if I don't pronounce the P, it doesn't sound funny. Uh, Luke has his drops back, and boy, does he. <laughs> We've been getting them all week. Uh, he ran an Ethernet cable, a 100-foot cable, across the house into the future TV room at Burbank Springs so that he would be able to fire drops. Uh, and we start out 
with Andrew talking about the evolution of a Nickelback tweet that he put out into the universe and that was picked up by an account called Funny Texts. You know, we tease Andrew a lot about uh, telling boring stories. And I actually think he had a good week overall on TBTL this week. But he started off, he stumbled out of the gate. He fell out of the gate with (laughs) this tweet thing. First of all, he shouldn't have really wanted to talk about it because the account is not funny. And the account, an account from someone who's not funny retweeting you doesn't reflect well on you. So you shouldn't even (laughs) talk about it. Well, I like that he went from these tweets aren't funny to, oh, my God, I'm having I, I feel like funny texts or tweets or whatever needs help. Right. <laughs> they do. They need an intervention about their depression. I I went and scrolled quickly through funny texts or tweets or whatever it was. And, yeah, it was very mediocre. Um, I know a couple of people had offered to sort of set something up to intervene. Uh, we haven't followed up on that, though. Is anyone following this account now? Are we keeping an eye on this? Is there a watch? Like, are we taking shifts? Should we be? I didn't. I tried to look, but I put um, not enough S's and then too many S's, and then I gave up. <laughs> oh, right. When you were trying to get the, the at. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're depressed. Uh, funny text with one S was taken, and mm-hmm. so they really, their life started as a compromise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're impressed with Andrew this week, yes. Mike? I, I he did he got off I, what I thought was the funniest line of the week this week. He actually did have a couple of of good anecdotes. So I'm not I'm not going to um, kill him like I was killing him on Monday night when I was listening to the show because he I think I feel like he got his feet back under him. Well, Andrew actually was happy about last week's shows. And so that's interesting because yeah. last week's Oof. shows were a train wreck. <laughs> At least on his part. Oof. Right. <laughs> uh, Luke was on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me over the weekend, and he welcomes, as he often does after 20 minutes of bullshit, uh, <laughs> all of the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me people who may have found him there and then drifted over uh, to TBTL. Well, here, uh, Mike has an idea this week. This is my only idea of the week. And I think if Luke would ever take advice from anyone about TBTL, he should take this advice from me. And that is whenever he's on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we know, I mean, we know from doing our Friday shows how many people find him through that and how many people try out TBTL. What we, who we don't talk to on our Friday shows is people who tried it, (laughs) got a bad show and never, never darkened the door again. So I think what he ought to do is when he, he gets the schedule of when he's going to be on wait, wait, don't tell me pick some terrific best of episodes and put those on, on the Monday or the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday after his appearances on wait, wait, don't tell me that set the hook, man. Come on. (laughs) Mike, you're right. This is one of the first ideas I've liked of yours. (laughs) Yeah. The the first maybe ever. Uh, Um, You know, it's funny because when we do the Friday show, And I should have mentioned at the top of the show, so of course we do two episodes a week. This is your Monday recap. On Fridays, we talk to uh, a guest and talk about their experiences with CBTL. And you just heard listener Christy, uh, the other Christy, the non-Tandy Christy, talk to us about her favorite episode and uh, 
how we all managed to survive being bad babysitters and having bad babysitters, an episode that I listened to and was so sad that I wasn't a part of. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, listeners come and tell us all the time that, yeah, they heard about it through Wait, Wait. I heard about the show through Wait, Wait. Um, and what they do is in the olden days of iTunes, they would go through and listen to that bank of best of episodes that Jem would put in the feed. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's a good point. I don't know if I don't think that still happens. I don't think it is. It still even there. No, I'm sure it's not. I think it's just the last whatever number of episodes of the show. Huh. So, Mike, brace yourself. You had a good idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how I get you. I give you the one good idea. <laughs> <laughs> It only took 62 episodes of Little Red Bandwagon <laughs> and 113 episodes of Takedown Podcast. Hey, I've had this idea. I've been sitting on this idea for a long, long time, and I would never suggest it to Luke. So I finally have a place where I can talk about it. Is this a better or worse idea than breaking down the plot of the movie Beetlejuice? <laughs> <laughs> what, what I found most interesting about that discussion was how... I mean, I saw Beetlejuice, I think I was like 18, 19, somewhere around there. And, you know, hilarious, great movie, enjoyed it. Um, But he's right that if you were a younger kid, it could really read scary because you don't get the humor and you just see all the effects and it's, Mm -hmm. it could be freaky. And I, I've been made fun of my whole life by my brother uh, who took me to see a, uh, a comedy called The Ghost and Mr. Chicken which is a Don Knotts movie. I was like six. We were on vacation. I think we were in like uh, by the Grand Coulee Dam or something like that. We went to some small theater. We saw it and I was traumatized. I thought every painting was going to bleed and the eyes were following me. Uh, and, and you know, I've seen the movie as an adult and it's it's a funny movie and it's not scary in the least. But when you're the wrong age, that shit can get you. Mm-hmm. So Mark... Fuck you for making fun of me my whole life. Sorry, Aiden. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Aiden. Uh, but I was coming at that discussion from that angle, and I thought what Luke had to say was interesting. Fair enough. Uh, and I agree pretty much with those points. I I think we rewatched Beetlejuice a couple of years ago, and it had been the first time I had seen it in a long time. And it, I definitely remember it. I enjoyed it more recently than I ever had before, I'm sure, as a kid. Um, And, yeah, it's definitely not scary anymore. Um, Maybe a little overrated. I don't know if it's my favorite movie. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, other than it being a Baldwin vehicle. But, uh, yeah, I don't have any strong opinions about it otherwise. I don't know that I needed to hear an entire plot breakdown of another old (laughs) movie on TBTL. (laughs) More Gina Davis movie breakdowns. (laughs) We also get a little talk. Did you guys know that blackface is bad? <laughs> yeah, we discussed it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Great. Um, a note, I don't usually get into the, the donor thank yous, but I thought it was a funny off-the-cuff thing. Maybe it wasn't off-the-cuff. Then Luke says that he didn't think that Saskatoon was a real place. I don't think that's possible because the, the Thunderbirds hockey team – plays against Saskatoon like seven times a year. You can't help but <laughs> but hear it, see it. I mean, there's Moose Jaw, there's a, there's uh, Saskatoon. I mean, there are a lot of funny name places in Canada. We shouldn't be surprised. True. Uh, and by the way, the reason I wasn't quite ready to start on time today is because I was looking at articles and pictures of Don Cherry getting put on the Walk of Fame uh, in Canada yesterday. So... <laughs> 
Sorry. Uh, more sponsor talk. Uh, Chateau Saint Michel is back, and I think the joke was that they're sponsoring the green room at the TBTL 2000 show, which I don't think they know. <laughs> <laughs> so how are we gonna get into that green room? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think security at the theater is probably too high. We can probably figure it out. Okay. Uh, but the real, the real zinger of the sponsor talk was, of course. Uh, Luke Crate. <laughs> Luke Crate. <laughs> Let me say something about the actual sponsor, Loot Crate. I I love this company because this is such a this is such a moment in time where it's going to work. Uh, people indulge all of their hobbies now, all of their collecting and uh, their obsessions. People are really indulging, and so. I think a lot of people order are ordering this for themselves. I think they're ordering it for other people they know are nerds, but I think it's a it's a castle made of sand because how much crap can you tolerate? Like 12 boxes of crap a year and how much of that crap are you into? Different nerds are into different crap. You know, what if you get a box mm -hmm. full of Marvel <laughs> and you're what's the other one? DC? Um, DC. Yeah, and you're a DC guy or what if you're a, a Star Trek person and you get you get a Star War. I mean, it's, it's Mike, not going to work. I can work. answer this. Sure. I can answer this. Nerds trade with nerds. Uh, the nerd economy. Yep. Yeah. I prefer to live in the mustache ride-based economy rather than the nerd economy. <laughs> well, I think all of these subscription things are really weird. There's, yes. um, you know, Nature Box or whatever. Yeah. And I got a free subscription to that. And 90% of the snacks were disgusting. And yeah. snacks are good. And you, can't, like you can't really trade those either because they're going to expire. And No. And, well, and... I had a friend who would pile up the things that she didn't like out of there and give them out to people. And I just thought, why are you still spending 30 bucks a month on this? Yeah. Yeah, but, you don't like most so, of but it. what you're saying is nerds trade, but to me that sounds like mm -hmm. an assignment. Like every month you get this yeah. box and there's two things in there you like, and now you got to get to work on getting rid of all this crap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't get the loot crate one. I've tried pretty much every relatively in, you know, I haven't gotten a Casper mattress cause I just don't have that kind of cheddar. But, <laughs> yeah. Hey Bobby, uh, no one's doubting your credibility when you pop up on the screen this morning wearing your me undies hat. So <laughs> Uh, that's right, folks. The MeUndies cap is actually sitting on my desk right now, and that is going to be a prize for but someone at some point you, in the future. So I only have put you it done, on briefly. It's practically new, I promise. Have you done one of those um, clothing subscriptions where yep. they make outfits for you? Yes. Yes. And? I I tried Trunk Club, and I've gotten two trunks, and the first time... Uh, they just did not comprehend exactly how fat I am. <laughs> Even though you give them your measurements, right? Yes. But the problem is that, uh, everything they want to sell me comes in a skinny cut. Uh-huh. Right. And I've said this before, and this is not some earth shattering commentary, but like you reach a certain size and not even that big skinny cut just shouldn't exist. No, it's for, just, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. Oh, Jeremy Jeremy had the famous meltdown at the Old Navy where he was saying 2XL should not be ever come in a skinny cut right. or slim <laughs> cut or whatever. Yeah, it'll work for The Rock because he's a, he's a 2XL. 
that needs a skinny cut. Right. But right. outside right. of the rock, not going to work for anyone. Mm-mm. Right. And we're not even just talking about the fat parts. Like, they just didn't right. even fit on my shoulders. Right, <laughs> right. Um, and so they sent a second one. And actually, it was just this last week. I tried it on. Some of the sweaters were, were fine. But I, I don't have $189 to spend <laughs> on a sweater right now. So... I figured I would try it just for the hell of it because it was free, and we did two back and forth, and I talked to Hillary, my style consultant. She was very nice. She called me. She asked what was up, and I just said, um, none of the clothes that you you sent fit correctly in all the appropriate places for them to fit correctly. Mm-hmm. And when I can go to Marshall's or TJ Maxx and get basically the same sweater you sent me from you know, Polo or something for $40, I just can't justify it, so... She was very nice, and she called me back after the holidays. Um, what I need is, I guess, a uh, trunk club for normal hermits who don't want to leave the house. We can get into this more later because there's a conversation about the Amazon brick-and-mortar store later in the week. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I wish I wish Meredith were on because I don't know if it was uh, in one of our chats or she said it on this show before. But uh, she, like I think Emily did too, and you did, Bobby, subscribe to the MeUndies. And she said... The MeUndies came to her house, and as soon as she unwrapped the package, they started to try to crawl up her ass just from the <laughs> <laughs> just looking just at them from right out of the box. They were trying to get in there, so uh, yes. she wasn't that comfortable with them. There was a write-up issue for yeah, her, right? Uh, I don't remember it being more graphic than that, but thank you. <laughs> sure. Uh, my, I've worn mine once; they were fine. They're not really my usual style. A boxers guy; they don't do boxers. Well, you know the rose goes in the front, right? they were fine mike uh no trading involved with my me undies um where were we sponsor talk luke crate (laughs) we really really fell off the rails there top story from monday the royals won the world series oh uh, about that andrew there were there were fires in Kansas City from fireworks, yes. and and uh, Andrew said that he was surprised that the field didn't catch on fire, but I don't think he realized that the game was actually played in New York. So, the well, field the field wasn't going to be in a lot of danger. I don't right. Think, right. He was trying to reference back to that. Was it a Rams the Rams game? A few game. Weeks ago? That mm-hmm. was actually pretty funny. Did you guys see that? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I was just annoyed because. They like shut the game down and then the commentators, I said, oh, this whole game's going to be about that goddamn spot that's in the middle of the field. And it was. Mm-hmm. And then the the um, people on the field had to go out and say, it is a little bit different texture than the other turf right here. And it, it just became all about that tiny spot. And in what's the... so stupid about that is there are still teams like the Raiders who play on baseball fields where right. there are huge spots of, of just dirt. <clears throat> and <laughs> who cares if there's a little singed AstroTurf yeah. somewhere? And I then, think we can well, deal with it. And then what about the Washington team that their field is just like filled with shit? Like it's um <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's actually taken their people down. Right. <laughs> uh Andrew, so this we lead into a discussion about sort of uh, the corporate involvement, uh, military crap at these games. And, of course, we love the military, et cetera. But, like, Andrew's general advice is, you know, stop 
And Luke backs him up. Stop patronizing with awareness campaigns and just give money. Andrew just randomly sort of says he has advice for Oreo on 9-11, which is to not tweet about 9-11. Yeah. The, all all companies should not tweet about 9-11 on 9-11. Right. Good advice. Oreo should only tweet about 9-11 the other 364 days right. of the year. Right. Yeah. Uh, Oreo cookies. Nabisco is actually a really big truther backer. Oh. But on 9-11, they should keep their mouths shut. Mm-hmm. Uh, some love for Bob Odenkirk and David Cross for their new show with Bob and David, including a clip. Uh, and they're giddy with excitement that this will be like Mr. Show. I really love that clip. And mm-hmm. what I love most about it is there are some guys here in Austin that follow the cops around with cameras and no. I, I've watched some of their videos and they are the fucking worst people. And they they actually make heroes out of some of the cops because the, the cops are trying to be so patient with them and <laughs> just trying to get them to back up 10 feet while they arrest somebody. Um, and, and they'll give, they give these guys access, but the guys are always looking to be offended. They're always looking to be slighted. They, they want nothing more than to, than to be shoved one foot further away than they than they should have right. uh, during a, during you know what are sometimes very tense situations, and he captured those douchebags perfectly. Not that not that I don't think everyone should get out their their phones and and film everything the cops are doing. I'm in favor of it, but let them do their jobs, please. And le- until they're yanking some girl out of her chair, let them do their jobs. So right. I I thought it really captured that douchebag. Yep, these guys are great. I think it's great that they get a show back. Of course it is. Uh, this should be nothing but uh, an embarrassment of riches for TBTL drops going forward. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. On the day yeah. the drops come back, here comes a drop machine. Exactly. <laughs> uh, our emails actually start with a voicemail from um, uh, Steve Newman, the Stewbot. Uh, on Salty the Singing Songbook, or is it Psalm Book? Uh, Stubot uh, sharpshoots last week's commentary about Salty the Singing Songbook, but Luke shoots back saying it is Psalm Book. This this turned into the Golan Heights. I mean, everyone there was there were shots being fired everywhere. It was like every, everyone was like sharpshooting back and forth because. Some people found some place where it said psalm book and then other people remembered it as song book. It, and I ended up not caring anymore after about 15 sharp yeah. shootings back right. and forth. Right. Um, what Who Stubach cared in the right first place? Was the reference back to him saying that Salty looks like the California raisin had sex with the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> he nailed it. Did you Have you guys seen this picture? Yeah. <laughs> And we yeah. end with a no-point conversion. Uh, the one sentence I took away from that was that the Seahawks have turned Luke into an Andrew. What does that mean? It means that Andrew is always convinced that even if the Browns are up by two touchdowns, they'll find a way to lose. Oh. Mm-hmm. And that's now how Luke goes into every Seahawks game. Yeah, that didn't take long. Half a season and Luke's uh, his confidence is shattered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's Do you know count. what, Mike... So this is, we can go into Seahawks talk, but um, as you know, in the last couple years, three or four years, there's been a lot of bandwagon fans or whatever. And I like when my team um, has fans because, you know, 
there's more access, there's more shorts to get. Everybody's excited about it. I like mm-hmm. that. But what I hate is that people who have been hating football the years prior are now all in and have all this commentary. And you know what I really want to do? Maybe this is an I'm a jerk. Is go back on their Facebook feed, find when they complained about football, and then post it. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> last year when the Seahawks started poorly, last year I think they started two and three also. Or, or they didn't start Something. very well. And yeah. I would post on the, on my page and on the, um, the sport, the Stens sports page or whatever we have. Uh, and I'd say no two and three team has ever made the playoffs before <laughs> and people were buying it. You know, they were like, Oh no, really? Oh God. Oh, we're sunk. Yeah. And every week or I would post another thing like that. After and, and every, every week the same people. Every loss, I get these people that I know are new fans writing, I'm still in. Don't worry. My team, I still believe in you, team. And I'm like, they lost one fucking game. Come on, yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't go 16-0, and 0, the new fans, are they're, they're just shocked that a loss right. can, can happen and, and they could be bounced back from. Well, either the Bills or the Dolphins go back to 500 today, so... Go AFC East. <laughs> Squish the fish. That's right. Who squished the fish? <laughs> Tuesday, nineteen eighty-three. Time is a flat podcast. Uh, Luke jokes about wearing a weight vest. Andrew is waiting with bated breast. Oh boy! And I think this is where we have to stop and have a conversation. Yeah, you know this stuff didn't bother me as much as it uh, seemed to really bother the ladies. I mean. Uh, what was it in our chat, or did Meredith go public that when Luke both? Or I'm sorry, when Andrew, what did he say on Monday? That it wasn't like he was breastfeeding or something. Yeah, Emily was just she was not doing well after that comment, and then we saw Meredith. She actually died. Right. Yeah. R.I.P. Meredith. Poor thing. <laughs> To be fair, she knew that a trip to Florida was on the horizon, so she <laughs> yeah she, she made a choice. Looking for a way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Andrew uh, Andrew's all about the breasts, uh, mainly his. Hmm. <laughs> and in a world where he's trying to swear less, leading up to the 2000s show, and he's succeeding for the most part. Yeah, he had a good week. Um, he's just going to talk awkwardly about things that are technically allowed on the radio. uh also on this episode luke has an idea and uh as mike often proves for us that's usually bad hey uh you shot the moon this week it's all right okay feeling good uh uh, luke (laughs) wants to have the the episodes of tbtl be shorter um this is something that has come up on the facebook page and something that he's been considering because it seems that when they're under time constraints, like Luke having to catch a flight, the show is better. Now, I don't know if APM would agree uh, that Luke having to do the last half of an episode on his cell phone while getting in line through security to get on a flight counts as better. Um, And my first instinct was that this is also Luke just wanting to spend less time doing his day job because he's getting paid to work on his house 20 hours a day. One thing that really concerns me 
is there are a lot more ads than there used to be. There are at least three or four ads in every show. And now the show gets short. If, if indeed they stick to 60, 70 minutes, now we have uh, like five to 10 minutes of ads. Uh, we're getting a lot less show than when the show was an hour and a half and there was one or two ads. So Yeah, just just wait. Soon the ads are going to be 20 to 30 minutes long and recorded by Roman Mars. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> uh, Luke says his goal is 50 to 60 minute shows. Andrew says maybe more like 75. <laughs> There's some back and forth about how to handle things like the no punk inversion and other special, you know, added content. Um, but they, they've decided they're really going to try to stick to this and they've got a timer uh, and they're really going to try to tighten up the show. Well, I think what they can do is eliminate the 10 minutes per show that they talk about how long they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I call that timer talk. <laughs> you don't like timer talk? <laughs> I think it would be funny if it, if they just blew past it every day and mm-hmm. didn't care. Right. <laughs> well, someone uh, posted last night. It's Sunday morning now. But someone posted last night on the Stens page a chart of the week's show <laughs> length and the Tuesday show was, you know, where Luke wanted to get it to. And then just like everything else they resolve to do, it slips away from their grasp. And as you go towards Friday, the graph goes straight up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess I wasn't concerned about this one way or the other too much because the minute I heard that, I thought, Oh, that'll last a week. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, They'll go back to doing the next "What are you doing here?" segment, right? Yeah. Or I mean, <laughs> what else have we been promised? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're they're not going to deliver on this, right? Um, and you know, the three of us, four of us, uh, at least until Meredith died, we listen to every show and we take notes. I mean, we put a lot of time into this, and I don't really care. I want the show to be good, right? I don't, you know, if it can be good in sixty minutes, that's great. But I hate. In fact, I have a note about this at the end of this episode. We'll get through this and then we'll we'll go back to it. But there was no time for title talk at the end of this episode. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a shame. And that was a shame. And I think there's a couple of points in this episode where, where good opportunities for, for bird walks were lost. And the bird walks are what make the show. So, yeah. yeah. And if anyone has a right to – not a right. If anyone has a reason to say yes to the shorter shows – it would be us because we do have to listen and we do have to take notes and all that. And I think we can all agree. We want them to do whatever show they want to do, whether right. it's 60 minutes or 80 minutes or a hundred minutes, let it unfold the way it's going to unfold. And if we no longer have time to do it, you know, it's on us to Tom Sawyer, someone else into, into doing the show. <laughs> I always just hear rush. When you say that now, it's really unfortunate. <laughs> oh Yeah. Please don't put put Rush on in the background of this. Right. Uh, so <laughs> back to the show. Luke overhears a first date at like 11 o'clock in the morning at a Starbucks. And it's think, an awkward first date. Why was that guy ta- saying that? I guess it was a case of he was so nervous. He would, just was saying whatever came to mind. You need a better game plan when you go on that. My my only thought was that maybe he was using the the Tinder odds where if he just goes on 10,000 first dates and he's uh, like, right. hey, here's all my drama and <laughs> this is awesome. 
who's here's me, you know, maybe he finds the one who's really into that and it works. So maybe that's just his form of triage. I'm not saying it's a good idea. It's a terrible idea. But uh, maybe he just figures I'll put it all out there and see mm-hmm. what comes back. I guess it would be nice if the first time you went on a date with a girl, she just laid out all the crazy. So you didn't find it out later after you're invested. Right. Yeah. More people should do that. <laughs> yeah. So what was, this guy might be on to something. This was not <laughs> mm-hmm. the notes. I don't think we planned on saying this guy was smart. Here are my <laughs> deepest flaws. What do you say? Let's sleep together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, having lunch couple of weeks ago uh sam and i were both home and so we went to lunch at one of the places where i host trivia a little family restaurant in providence and we sat down and shortly after we get seated uh a couple sits in the booth just behind sam so i can sort of see them and it's behind her head and it's this really weird guy who looks kind of familiar and some girl i don't know and as I'm listening, I realize that the weird guy is another trivia host from my company. Mm. And he is on a first date. And I can tell you right now that my friend Jen, our mutual boss, me and this guy, is probably laughing her ass off as I start telling this story because I told her right after it happened. Mm-hmm. But he's doing the exact same thing. He is airing all of his dirty laundry about his kid and his messy past relationships and all his weird quirks. And she's just sort of sitting there listening. And I am horrified for everyone involved. (laughs) Involved. Involved. And I cut my head down and pulled my hat down over my eyes a little bit. And we exited sort of the other way so he wouldn't see me. Uh, Uh, But sure enough, I do believe I heard arrangements for a second date happening at the end of their lunch. God bless her heart. There's yeah. a lid for well, every Well, she can pot. always just not show up, too. <laughs> That's true. I guess, well, maybe sometimes it's so, it's so entertaining. You just, well, is there any more in the chamber? I need to find out. Yeah. What, right. <laughs> what else this freak is <laughs> How into. How far does this go? <laughs> just don't cross that three-date threshold because that could get really messy. Well, you have mm-hmm. to sleep with him and that's the rules. Right. So. Right. Uh, speaking of really awkward first dates... Uh, Andrew tells the story of uh, he and Genevieve's first date. Oh. I thought it was really sweet. It was, actually. Um, what she cooked for him in his new apartment in New Hampshire and what they said on boxes and whatnot. Very cliche. But uh, I think I was so glad to have the, the drops back because Luke's, Luke sent him, sent him back to his own place for some slabjacking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's classic TVTL right there. (laughs) Um, Luke tells us his story of the time he asked the elevator lady out, which is a classic Luke story. Oh, and I do you guys know the other date story that Andrew's talking about? Because I do. No, I don't. I don't. It's the one where Luke asked a asked a woman out and then there was no cell phones at the time. And so he walked to her apartment and put a note on her car. Do you remember this? It's ringing a bell, but what he put a note on her car saying, I missed you or something. Or yeah. Like we missed each other. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out that they were at the same show together looking for each other, but they just kept missing. No, that was a, no. that was a Luke story. That wasn't a mm-hmm. Meg Ryan movie. <laughs> that was a Luke story. Oh, but they uh, never did get that, together. I think that ended up to be his first wife. Oh, 
Oh, man. So yeah. Nicola is played by Meg Ryan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Not Meg Ryan now, because that would be really weird. God, be really God was weird. trying to tell them so, tell them something, right? <laughs> well, she is a performance artist, so there might be room for that. Uh, right. Top story: uh, Twitter hearts. Twitter now has hearts instead of stars. They're working their way through the Lucky Charms. Uh, they have, have, you, have you noticed when you uh, click on the heart, it looks like it's exploding and bleeding? Have you noticed that? Uh, I haven't. I don't think I've hearted anything recently. <laughs> oh, I heart. Twitter. Oh, I heart things, Bobby. I heart them all the time. Uh, and uh, Luke is upset because he just just started learning to like things on Twitter, and then mm-hmm. they ruined it for him. Well, I don't understand why he still makes Andrew justify to him favorites versus um, retweets all the time. Yes, Andrew has told him multiple reasons why they're better in certain circumstances and he just doesn't get it it's because he wants to be retweeted for every single thing that he says well i think it's because he works so hard on his tweets he actually you know really writes them and thinks about them and and edits them and puts them out like they are stand-up jokes instead of just throwaway he he doesn't treat twitter like a throwaway medium Mm. which it really is and if, right. if once in a while you'll hit a home run with a throwaway line and people will retweet it, but you can't go into a tweet expecting to be retweeted. It's not, you're not going to be a star. So um, he should probably put, he should probably just, when he has a funny thought, just throw it out there, but you can always yeah. see him. You can always see him trying on there and you don't let him see you try on Twitter. Right. There's this notion that a like was, um, or a star or whatever the fuck you want to, whatever a not retweet was an insult. Like it wasn't good enough to be retweeted. Right. Um, I don't retweet a lot of stuff. I use Twitter very intermittently as you guys know. Um, and, and I might chuckle at something or I don't know, three quarters of my Twitter feed is sports stuff. I guess espionation gifts or things like that. Sure. Uh, I, I don't, now, Andrew, on the other hand, saying that he used to use favorites, likes, stars, moons, hearts, horseshoes, whatever, as a reminder for what he wanted to go back and relook at later is, is really funny to me. Cause, it is convenient, though. I mean, you I don't know if I'm using it wrong, but if I retweet something, often it's harder for me to go find if I want to look at it again than mm-hmm. if I favorite something because you favorite it, it's just right there. And I have done that before as just favorite something because, oh, yeah, I want to read that article. And I, I now I know where to find it. Some people right. just open up a window on their computer and leave it open until they read it. But I don't like to do that. I don't like to have more than a few windows open. Yeah. But that So that's kind of the method that I've used it for. So I can right. see what, where Andrew's coming from. Yeah, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. On to John Boehner's chambers. Paul Ryan's moving in and can't get the smoke out. No. You know, I thought that the smell was going to be old man smell hmm. <laughs> when they said it at the top of the show, because there's nothing worse in life than that old man smell. What are you Just... trying to say to me? Christine? <laughs> this is an intervention. Just oh, old man and spray tan. Just uh, I think that Mike said oil. it once uh, that it's basically the person rotting from the inside out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what it smells like. Yeah. Um. 
I got Paul Ryan sleeps in his office, which I thought was a trope. I didn't think a lot of people actually did that. I thought it was just football coaches that did that. And, and Microsoft employees. And can't you at at this point can't you just work at home? You must just hate your family if you sleep at the office. Right. Well, I think his family must be back home wherever. Oh, right. But right, he could get an apartment. Like that's just nonsense. Uh, I'm sure he's doing it as a as a move, power move. Like this is how I dedicate my time and day. But yeah. And if you are going to sleep in the office, don't complain about the cigarette smoke and farts that have been drilled into the couch over Boehner's right. tenure. <laughs> get yourself a new couch and stop complaining. That's right. Get yourself a Casper mattress. Use offer code Little Red Bandwagon. Pull those me undies out of your crack and mm-hmm. get to sleep. Uh, Paul Ryan's favorite band is rage against the machine that's pretty funny that is pretty funny uh we hear from brian the musicologist on the origins of the word salter the reason i put this in the notes is because brian's not sure if he's the only musicologist 10 uh brian i studied two years of music theory at the state university of new york at buffalo and was going to rip my eyes and hair out if I had to study anymore. So congratulations. <laughs> I got uh, one or two steps down the road that you spent your entire higher education career on, and I applaud you. Um, Lynn sharpshoots Luke's sharpshoot of the Stewbot. See, this is what I'm saying. Once you get past two sharpshoots back and forth, I'm out. It's just a Mexican standoff with sniper rifles. (laughs) (laughs) And we get an email from listener Wendy, uh, who talks about a time she had to share a hotel room with her boss and her boss snored like a chainsaw uh, to the point where she had to get up and go get her own room in the middle of the night. Wow. Wow. I think I would have made some jailhouse earplugs. You know, I'm not going (laughs) to invest in another hotel room. I mean, come on. Just just mold something into those ears and get to sleep. Come suck it up, Wendy. I wrote a note that no one should share a hotel room ever. And it's funny that I write that because Mike, you and I have shared a hotel room. Yes, we did. <laughs> uh but that was a very quick thing and I don't know. I knew that one or both of us could, could be really drunk, so it was okay. Oh, yeah. oh sure. I mean, things loosen up when you get really drunk. That's just the yeah. way that works. But as far as a work trip goes, just unacceptable. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. And, so and my, my company my, used to do that to us. I didn't like Yeah, it. my last company, it was the policy that you had to share a room. Nope. Nope, unacceptable. And, I would I yeah, would pay for my so own weird. room on a work trip before I would allow that to happen. Yeah, you could pay the you could pay the difference to to have a beer on, but there was this one lady that just would destroy the bathroom. Um <laughs> at the regular in the regular workplace and so i said it's not fair we just need to give her her own room i don't remember when this conversation happened i think it was in a in a facebook chat that that the three of us are all in with some other people um but we were talking about true love and one of the things that you do in true love is that you pretend that the walls between the interior wall between a hotel room bathroom and the rest of the hotel room bedroom area is much thicker than it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's just one of those things because those are the walls that they slap up really 
you know, shoddily. They're usually, they must be hollow, basically. And you hear everything that goes on in a hotel bathroom. And you just, you just pretend you don't. You can't do that with Mary from accounting. Oh, yeah. Mary comes out, you know, and you, you can't make eye contact with her. It's no. just, it's too rough. You can't do it. Yeah. No. Uh, so there was no time for title talk at the end of this episode. This is the first of many sacrifices from the show being on a strict schedule. Uh, so we get time as a flat podcast out of nowhere. And sure. It's a fine callback yeah, to true detective from two years ago that has <laughs> nothing to do with, you know, anything witty or current. Well, isn't he, isn't the time reference. Um, yeah, but it's not current. Like, oh yeah, you know, that didn't come from, I think they could have done better if they had just taken 10 minutes to bullshit about it. <laughs> yeah. The, no, nothing current like Billy Bass. Or, uh... <laughs> well, I mean, that had a Beetlejuice. And Wednesday's episode title actually is a perfect example of what they could have come up with. 1984, God never closes a gum wall without opening a gum wall. <laughs> Luke, because working on the house... 20 hours a day isn't enough is assembling screws for the new roof for the pool house. And the guys are on Skype. So Andrew is watching Luke assemble the screws for the new pool house <laughs> and compliments Luke's Ghostbusters get up. Cause he's wearing his, um, vintage skinny fit jumpsuit. This is just the kind of content that the new listeners from wait, wait, don't tell me we're waiting for their whole lives. They finally found the the podcast where a guy sits in a prison jumpsuit and assembles screws. Well, what I thought was funny is that, again, we have two days prior to this, Luke talking about sounds we can't hear. But this, we can hear it, him dropping the screw (laughs) into something. No word about it. I think that's part of the charm of the show now. (laughs) There's background noise. You know, only when they don't talk about it. Uh, these screws came from Chubby and Tubby. No, 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 no. Chubby, no, and, Chubby and Tubby's no out of more. business. Yeah, right. They're, they're, oh, right. Done. Right. Chubby and Tubby's the old five and dime style store that they were reminiscing about talking about old hardware stores and childhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, is that where one of them wanted to get their train conductor outfit? Yeah. So, um, Mike, did you ever go to Chubby and Tubby? Yeah, we went to Chubby and Tubby a lot. I, I've been accused of being a rich kid. Um, maybe not on this podcast, but in certain places. I was not a rich kid. We shopped at, Ch- at Chubby and Tubby. I got all my chucks from yep. Chubby and Tubby. I got my Dr. J irregular uh, basketball <laughs> shoes from Chubby and Tubby. One's an 11, one's 11 and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which per- was perfect because, you know, my feet were different sizes. Right, so, right. They sold them in those kind of pairs. so And they uh, kind of I, just threw them into bins and you had to search. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They weren't even tied together. You know, the pairs weren't even tied together. So you had to find one yeah. and then go, dig, you know, have someone grab search. your ankles while you dug for the next one. Right. Um, so Chevy and Tubby was a big part of, of my childhood. And what these places were, this, it was there was a 3GI. I, I don't know if they're still in business, but 3GI sporting goods. All these guys, they came back from the war. And Chubby and Tubby, I don't know if they're brothers, but um, they were veterans. They came back. They got a loan. They opened up these stores. They're, I'm sure this happened in a lot of towns. And they ran these five and dime stores for many, many years until your Walmarts and your Targets and, and all that 
came along. But yeah, very, people in Seattle, very nostalgic for Chubby and Tubby because you could go there, you'd get your your regular shoes. Christmas tree. And you'd get a Christmas tree, right? And mm-hmm. whatever random stuff. I mean, yeah, they, they had screws for some reason. So um, I, I miss it. And I took uh, pictures of the sign that's still up from the one on... I think Rainier Avenue, and we have a a picture framed in our house of a chubby and tubby of that chubby and tubby sign. Yeah, it was so great. I would go and also get my dickies there. So as they were talking about this, I just again thought um, I would have had a huge crush on Andrew, um, and we both would have just awkwardly sat there thinking, "I, I just need a sign." <laughs> what? <laughs> Does he like me? I just need a sign. What was and then it? nothing would the have ever happened. The conductor hat? Is that what gets you? Andrew had All a, of it. Oh, oh, my God. All of it. Christy. Every single piece of, of everything he describes oh, him in high school was exactly what I would have wanted and also what oh, I was like. Goodness, Christy. <laughs> Dumb hats, braided hair, dickies, all of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, dickies do last longer. I mean, I understand mm-hmm. the... I'm going to just call this episode Chubby and Tubby and Christy. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> you don't like that double team, Christy? No. Just riding it on our little motorcycles. Um, I like I like Chubby Dick's at Dickies at Chubby and Tubby because the Andrew was like, "Wait, you got Dickies at Chubby and Tubby?" and he just loved it so much. I can't believe I can't believe that uh, even though it didn't happen, I can't believe that Andrew wearing a train conductor's hat during, I assume, high school would have actually increased his chances of getting laid with a woman. But you're saying that that is that would have been the case, Christy. Sealed the deal. Mm -hmm. This is the same week that Mike had a good idea. Cats and dogs (laughs) together at last. Um we we got to keep going, guys. We're on a strict schedule here. Yeah. Uh, we only got, I don't know, uh, I don't have a clock in front of me. We only have minutes to go. Uh, Andrew also has a picture that was recently sent to him from Tony of him wearing a gigantic shirt. I want that picture. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, um, this this is the part of the show where I message Andrew, so you guys go on. I'm going to try to get this shirt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um Great tangent here about how the Bellingham Hardware Store is run by Bloods. And Andrew wants to play YG's Twist My Fingers. Just just random. Uh, and we get, we get back to how Luke assembling screws and throwing them in a bucket is putter porn for Andrew. <laughs> I loved that. He was so jealous. He's, so what's happening there? Okay, so you're just putting that onto that. Oh my gosh! And you have, and when you finished, he was like, "You had like 300. You're done already." <laughs> uh, I like to think that we're audio putter porn for people. We're not really doing anything terribly productive, right? Yeah, uh, I, I'm. I'm messaging Andrew, so I'm not really listening. <laughs> <laughs> There's more timer talk. Um, apparently, listener Sasha either wrote in or posted at some point that if. If the guys want shorter shows, they could consider editing. <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. Yeah. For so many reasons. Yeah. Uh, but Andrew <laughs> counters by saying that he's lazy. And then I think more truly, he thinks that the show would lose its lackadaisical nature 
if they started trimming it down too much. Uh, I agree with that. I think he would overthink it. It would take him about three hours to edit it because he would overthink every single thing that they said. Right. And we wouldn't have got hot Pope talk like we had because that would have all been edited out. Sure. <laughs> the show would be 10 minutes long every day. Mm -hmm. It would be intro sponsorship plug, uh, title talk, uh, and then outro music. I, that would be all that's left. Um, I have so many stray notes from this episode. Gangsta Pollock, Eminem Spaghetti, and then finally acknowledgement of construction noise. Eminem's uh, yep. not here this week to break down the spaghetti talk. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, she's our source for all things Eminem um, and uh, Insane Clown Posse. So yeah. we shouldn't really talk Did about those things. Well, the, that was also another funny um, uh, drop of Andrews, which was um, when Luke was over explaining a meme that Addy had sent him. Andrew said, I don't think that I'm funny or smart enough to understand this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> True. I liked that. <laughs> true. <laughs> it's, not, it's not true. It's just explaining a meme is not funny. Yeah, but it's also true. Uh, <laughs> our top story, the gum wall is being destroyed forever. Actually, they're steam cleaning it and it'll be back in about a week because people are weird. Oh, freaking yeah. gum wall. D Seattle. Are we the kind of city that wants to be known for a disgusting gum wall? Are we going to let this happen again? What the hell? <laughs> you know yes. it is going to happen again. You know that people can't get enough of it. Well, it did lead to the line of the week, and I will congratulate Andrew. He was very funny when he found out that, that, that people were taking gum off the wall and putting it in their mouths. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he, he yelled, Mayor Murray? Tear down this wall. Yeah, tear it down. It's got to go. We can't have a gum wall in our city. I'm never coming back to Seattle if, as long as that gum wall is there. Is that your excuse? Is that promises? <laughs> Hurtful and and untrue in reverse order. Uh, I went to the gum wall uh, at some point this summer while I was in town. You really shouldn't have taken that gum. I mean, I know you love juicy fruit, <laughs> but you shouldn't have. Mike tried. will understand it was free gum. Uh, I only have gum in slice form, not not pre-chewed, <laughs> not pre-chewed. Um, it was disgusting and it yes. smelled. And that really is the worst part that the smell was just awful. What um, did it smell like? It. it it just had this, it smelled like stale gum, but like every flavor of stale gum, just sort of mm. oozing in the air a little bit. And I think it was a particularly warm day when oh, I went. Oh, awesome. Did not That's help. great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, it'll be gone and it'll be back. Of course First of all, will. there's no way they're going to get every last little bit of it. It's stuck to everything down there. And it's, it's a bit of a misnomer because it's a wall, but it's kind of a tunnel. I, I mean, would be in favor of a like a tourist trap that was like a gum sidewalk, so that it would just it would actually trap the tourists. <laughs> I mean, Christy, you live there; you've seen the gum wall. I've walked by it. I haven't contributed, or it's it, okay. So right now, the gum wall is for two types of people: tourists and for people on first dates. It's oh. kind of like a kitschy thing to do. 
Yeah, uh, so I have a kid and an ex-wife and a custody battle, and here's some chewed gum. Right. <laughs> yeah, you, you, all your shit is on the table now. You, you, you have family problems, right. and you're willing to put uh, stale gum in your mouth. Oh, right. Oh, I guess if you find the girl, kiss, kiss me, Bobby. Kiss cool. me now. But I, I mean, I've never gone, but I like the idea behind it. The thoughts. I think it's just fun to have a, a thing like that. Uh, in Boston, we the it's padlocks, uh, uh, key padlocks on the bridge overpasses. Yeah, I love that. People lock them, you know, and I know other cities do that too. And I think, I think in, maybe it was Paris, Paris? or something. They yeah. had to put up plexiglass to keep people from locking. Because it was it was adding so much weight to the bridge that it was causing a problem. <laughs> Bobby, I just had an idea, and you're, this will be the second idea of the show that you'll like of mine. Oh no! NCIS show, uh, NCIS episode, a gum wall. They can't solve this murder. They have a suspect, and they can't seem to get any DNA. They follow him around. They try to get his cigarette butts. They try to get his glasses or whatever. He he's on a terrible first date. He's telling a lot of terrible things to some young lady. He slaps his gum onto the wall, and now we have our killer. Busted. And then the goth chick in her lab coat runs up with tweezers. Yeah, and pulls it off, and there's a dramatic. Yeah, yeah. the 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 slides start coming on her screen, and then they expand them to some dimension that is not even possible. And they can see the DNA. They can see the little DNA dancing. The murderer's DNA. It it, it writes itself, Bobby. NCIS yeah. Seattle. They're just. Uh, it's the first fully bearded uh, mm -hmm. crime team. Man buns and beards. Absolutely. That's all you get. And they're going to match your flannel and fleece fibers to the killer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sure. Way to keep up to date. Way to. <laughs> <laughs> these are the mandals of the killer. We find these mandals. <laughs> I don't know. I was just there this summer. It was still, uh, yeah, even in right. the middle of the heat, a lot of flannel and fleece. You're right. Uh, the next top story, uh, Amazon is opening a brick-and-mortar store in University Village because 90% of shit is still bought in person, including Luke's Blue Aprons. Mm. Uh, they like bookstores. Who doesn't like a bookstore? Of course they like bookstores. Everyone says that. Everyone says it. But how often have they been in a bookstore? Well, How often are they not going enough, to or else they'd still be <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. It's an easy thing to say. I love record stores. I haven't been to a record store in five years. I like them. I like going to bookstores, but there's no, they're they're not around. And then also, what I find is that I go into the bookstore, find a book that I want, and then I look on Amazon to see if it's cheaper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Um. So they're opening this thing in University Village. Um, I, I'm going to go. So I'm going to be out there for the 2000s show. This is not far from my hotel. Mm -mm. Um, sounds like a good day trip. I'm curious to see how Amazon runs a bookstore. I don't have a joke here. I just, I'm genuinely curious. Just like I watched Donald Trump host SNL last night because I'm genuinely curious, even though we were all apparently supposed to boycott it as liberals. Uh, and it was terrible. Uh, but I, I imagine it's just going to look like a Barnes and Noble with the Amazon logo on it. Yeah, I'd go to that with you. All right. 
It's date. And then we'll get the best uh, Seattle cupcakes at Trophy Cupcake, which is next door to the, or near the, the Amazon store. Sponsor? Show sponsor? Mm-hmm. What's the name? Always. Trophy Cupcakes? Trophy, Trophy cupcakes. cupcakes. The best cupcakes in America, period. You know, with winter coming, you're going to want to stock up on cupcakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every month, they're going to send you a box of assorted cupcakes <laughs> straight to your door. Flavors you don't give a shit about. They're just going to send them to you. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to not eat them and then get more next month. Uh, uh, they see a rising tide argument here, at least Andrew does, that, that – um, you know, opening this here will, will actually inspire more business. Uh, it's like the hammock district. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, email from Peter, the day 10 from Dayton, Ohio says we should just retire first world problems. Mm-hmm. So that we won't get into third world problems. So that the, well, dummy, apparently dummies the third won't world is having our problems. now. <laughs> they also can't get people to retweet them. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, my first world problem from this episode is that right at the end, Luke mentions that he went into a Starbucks and got a Butterhorn. What? I don't go, I, right? I don't go to Starbucks a ton, but I feel like if there was something called a Butterhorn, I would know it and eat it. Uh, I think he means a croissant, which is a very similar thing. Yeah. But... Wait, hold on. I need to Google what this is. Well, it's a it's a croissant like that. If you Google Butterhorn, you're going to see pictures of croissants. And I love a good croissant. I love a bad croissant. Who doesn't love a croissant? Uh, but a, a Butterhorn is supposed to be a little breadier. I, and I think it's Oh, iced. yeah. No, Starbucks doesn't have these. Starbucks doesn't have I think, these. I think the main difference is there's like icing on it, right? Yeah. Basically, my first well, world problem is I really want a Butterhorn. Sure. <laughs> sure you do. Well, so here's the thing is... Starbucks sells something that they call a butterhorn, but it's not what I'm seeing here. It's the, it looks more like a sweet taquito. Mm. It's long and skinny. Mm. And now I want taquitos. And I still hate <laughs> Starbucks. Yep. Uh, Thursday, 1985. Uh, rhizomes are sexy. We start with the Ipecac intro from Workaholics, followed by Luke's 75 minutes and a dream. And a tweeter says that TBTL is the atonal jazz of podcasting. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, and I think every time they've played an example of atonal jazz, it has been not as nearly as atonal as some of the really bad atonal jazz. It, it gets worse, people. It gets a lot worse. Maybe the musicologist can chime back in here. It, it gets worse. Yeah, I will actually, even if I'm enjoying an NPR program, if that interstitial comes on and it's it's too much, it's too atonal, I'm out. I gotta, I'll gotta, i go listen to sports radio and get in the zone. The Napa Auto Parts Zone? <laughs> no, I don't, I've never heard of Napa. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Luke is exploring bamboo options to create a little privacy on their property. Where do you want to start with the bamboo people? <laughs> I, it sounds like these are Vietnam vets that that are <laughs> were veterans of getting trapped in in tiger cages, or they were constructing tiger cages to catch the Viet Cong. Um, I don't want advice from these guys. I'm going to stay away from bamboo. I've heard enough bad things about what bamboo does. I don't. I don't want bamboo. 
maybe they should just put up some curtains, but maybe that's probably down the road from getting some ceilings and some floors and some walls put in. <laughs> no, you know, you've got to have priorities. Um, the thought on the term privacy, they both have this instinct that privacy should be pronounced privacy. And my Andrew throwaway line of the week is that he just casually says, oh, it's like we've been living together. Our cycles are in sync. Yeah, <laughs> he got away with that one. Andrew is not a feminist. That was a that was quite a offensive thing to say, Andrew. Yeah, but true. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Uh, the no shit headline of the day, which is a new TBTL segment that's only lasted once so far is that the guy who got E. coli at Chipotle was never going to eat at Chipotle. <laughs> that reminded mm. me of uh, when I was in college one summer, I was working at a Baskin Robbins and I was working with this uh, girl and she wasn't very bright. And we had a customer who came up and they had almost finished their Sunday and came up and showed us that there was a cockroach. We sometimes would get uh cockroaches in like the really sweet syrupy stuff there was like um there's a cockroach in the bottom of this sunday and i apologized and i'm i'm giving them their money back and this girl says to them we can make you another sunday (laughs) (laughs) no no we're not gonna i don't think they're gonna have another sunday for a while right (laughs) really I don't think so. Would you? Bobby, would you have taken a free Sunday and your money back? Oh, I'm a cheap, cheap man, but I think yeah. at that point they I would didn't have just eat taken the cockroach. <laughs> they didn't they didn't eat it, and that's free protein. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we should have charged them for that <laughs> topping. I just need to know what flavor ice cream. If it was pralines and cream, they're stupid for not getting the next um, Sunday. You know, I can't remember the ice cream. I think it was. I think they had. It was the pineapple syrup, which you know tells me they oh, were a freak. Who anyway. wants that anyway? Yeah. That was their first. They're mistake. stupid. <laughs> well, yeah, they're you don't stupid. get the you don't get the syrup or the toppings anywhere at any restaurant. Don't get toppings that because seem like things there. that a lot of people don't get. Like when I when right. I was in high school, the the pizza shop that I worked at, we had shrimp as a topping. And nobody ordered it. So when someone finally ordered it, you would, you'd look in the little container and, and oof, you know, there's some questionable smells coming yeah. out of there. So yeah. don't just always go right down the middle with what you order, folks. Don't don't order stuff that you don't think a lot of people are ordering. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, Luke does a shameless live wire plug. And in turn, Andrew asks him to start giving more shameless TBTL plugs. <laughs> that was funny <laughs> actually i meant to note this earlier in the week when luke's on wait wait don't tell me now they often mention that he's the host of the npr whatever show livewire they're not plugging tbtl as much anymore on mm. wait wait and hmm. sometimes uh you know tom Bodet or pjr work or one of these people will come on and they'll get like eight miles of plugs sorry meredith um They'll get all their different shit plug books they wrote 12 years ago. You think they could make enough time to say, you know, host of the NPR show Livewire and uh, the podcast that's taking over the world, Too Beautiful to Live, which I think is what they always used well, to say about it. Um, Andrew should, I mean, sorry, Luke should demand that because if he, if he cared or knew about where his people come, where his P1s come from is... We've, like we talked about earlier, 
They come from, wait, wait, don't tell me. Right. They don't come from Livewire. Not yet, anyway. We haven't seen a, a big... <clears throat> A big contingent of those people yet so yeah he should he knows where should know where his bread is buttered but do you think that they're still a little put off about how he left npr and um isn't this a isn't livewire a competing company the product of a competing company with wait wait don't tell me well uh what wait wait's produced by npr proper and i guess livewire is a direct competitor to Prairie, maybe, which is not directly produced by NPR. That's APM, right? Isn't it? <laughs> Just like TBTL is now. Yeah. And uh, Wits is dead. That was APM. And uh, what's the other stupid? There's one. More, there's one other stupid radio game show. Oh, um, like uh, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Ask me another. It's uh, it's unlistenable. I've tried. Yes. yes. Uh, that was public radio talk. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, get some more TBTL plugs out there. Sure. Uh, Prom Queen is going to be the official house band at the TBTL 2K show. Christy, how much mm -hmm. money do you want for your ticket? <laughs> it's not that I hate Prom Queen. I just don't like band interviews. Right. But it's just the one chick, mostly, right, for Prom Queen, so... I think She'll so. She'll probably but, have some backup yeah. musicians, but it'll really be like a one-on-one -on -one or. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, they got two hours to fill. So. That's true. You know, they gotta do something. Uh, the Godfather is overrated. Because Casino was such a great fucking movie. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it you, wasn't. Godfather's you great. You Casino's not good. sense my sarcasm? Yeah. <laughs> I could. I could. Um. Yeah, Goodfellas, I think, is, to me, the best movie I've ever seen. But that doesn't mean The Godfather isn't good. So let's not get carried away. Right. It's not an either-or argument. No. Uh, and yeah, The Godfather is slow and is a cliche of itself because it became that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. great when it came out, and we should all respect that. So I, I'm not going to stand for too much bullshitting talk on Godfather. I'm surprised that they haven't tried to remake that. Hmm. Oh, I'm I'm against that, but I'm just saying I'm surprised. Ryan Reynolds is Michael. Jar Jar Binks <laughs> in. <What? laughs> uh, top story: Serena Williams steals her phone back. Andrew does a cheers and jeers. That's all cheers. <laughs> I like this. It's like our awesome, not awesome coming back, but in a more funny way. Yeah. And also in a term that every newspaper column is run at some right. time or another. Sure. Uh, we should just uh, get him little thumbs up and thumbs down TBTL icons and he'll be all set. Um, Andrew finds Cam Newton. And I'm just assuming there's nothing to say about Serena Williams. I didn't no. have any. Yeah. It was probably a bad idea, but it worked. Whatever. She really likes her some Serena Williams. That's yeah, that's does. all I really mm -hmm. get out of it. Mm -hmm. See, and what what good is it doing Venus not being arrogant? Nobody's talking about Venus. Yeah. 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 It hurts her hurts her endorsements, her not being an obnoxious jerk. Exactly. Uh Andrew finds Cam Newton annoying. <laughs> I agree. Uh, this led to the discussion about Russell Wilson. 
Yeah. Um, Luke doesn't really much care for Russell Wilson because he's boring. Uh, Emily agrees. She has no use for Russell Wilson. She's not even a football fan, but I mean, by being married to me, she hears about Russell Wilson. Um, I want my quarterback to be boring. Like whenever you see like Jay Cutler's name or you see Cam Newton's name or one of these other guys, Michael Vick or whatever, if you see your quarterback's name is trending on Twitter or, you know, it's never good. Yeah. You're like, Oh <laughs> shit. You know? And when you see Russell Wilson trending, it's cause he's at the hospital, like right. meeting some, some cancer patients. And that's fine with me. I don't need my quarterback to be interesting. I need him to be good and I need him to be available this week. I don't need him getting in a car accident from drag racing or I don't need him getting in a bar fight. I need him on Sunday and I need him sober and I need him in the game. <clears throat> yeah. No, his job oh. is football and he gets paid a lot of money for it. If he's low key the rest of the time, that's fine by that's me. That's great with me. But what about these sexy photos that just got released of him being somewhere uh, that I can't tell if it's Hawaii or Mexico? Do you Have you seen these? No, I have no doubt that We're, you're all over it, though. Yeah, I don't have they, Google alert for Russell Wilson sexy pictures. Well, neither do I. It just was all over. Um, all over your but, Tumblr feeds? <laughs> no, I'm not into him. Um, but <laughs> what I think is funny is that they brought a professional photographer with them to do these poses. Right. Right. <laughs> well, do I was you... thinking... And also there's no way they're not having sex. Oh yeah. Come on. I'll send you guys this picture. Yeah. Send, send, there's send no the way they're not having sex. <laughs> well, here's what you have to realize. Um, so I watched all of season one of last man on earth this week because mm -hmm. I got sick mm -hmm. of not getting the Tandy joke. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I did. It was good. I'm looking forward to watching season two. Um, they're living last man on earth, but with people on earth, they've got money and time. Mm -hmm. Why not hire a photographer and go to Hawaii and screw around? Yeah. Right. You know, last man on earth is basically just being rich. Yeah. Being rich, but you have to, you have to work hard and, and be innovative <clears throat> as well. You have access mm -hmm. to everything, but you still have to, to put in some work. But Christy, when you send us those pictures, remember to, in in case Mayhem makes a miraculous comeback uh, from from the dead, send them to her because she's going to need, eventually she's going to need something besides that Justin Thoreau flip book <laughs> right. to get her through the night, if you know what I'm saying. Um, from Cam Newton to Eric Berry, who is... I love this story so much so afraid of horses uh mike he doesn't have the horses that's the problem with eric barry yeah he he just doesn't have the horses he'll never have the horses until he gets over mm -hmm. this you know what's what was uh, bizarre about this story too is i mean it's a pretty old story about him being afraid of horses there's something also very remarkable about Eric Berry and that he's one of the few football players in history that have come back to play in the league after get, having cancer and that's just happening this year, but that no mention from the guys about that. That, that just tells me they don't really follow football. Right. Um, I, I'll tell you what I loved is his little thing telling the story of why he hates horses. And he goes, I trusted you horse. <laughs> yeah. Horse. He calls the horse horse. Yeah. <laughs> Damn horse. I trusted you. What's the horse's uh, name? Uh, the horse's name is uh blue bonnet. Okay. Horse, uh, I trusted you, horse. 
I mean, come on, have some respect. You you don't see the horse as as a, as Damn. a real being yeah. if you're just calling it a horse. It's dang horses. They need to have that as a drop. Yeah, they Damn do. Horse, I trusted you. Horse. Um, his nickname, by the way, is the Fifth Dimension. I didn't know that. Uh, I don't know why. That's his nickname. <laughs> I know he was drafted fifth, I think. Maybe it has something to do with that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, wait. Here we go. Uh, uh, ESPN article. Let's hope for no auto-loading sound. Fifth <laughs> dimension. Because, because what he does on the field is close to impossible to replicate on EA's NCAA Football 10 video game. That's a terrible answer. It's pretty involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fifth Dimension's not a bad nickname, though. I like it. Uh, we get an email from listener Ted. Uh, it's the fastener file talking all about different kinds of screws and things that mm-hmm. Luke could use to attach that roof. Uh, Andrew brings in some this old house music under the talk of this email for this <laughs> old podcast. Um, given Luke, I would have preferred the theme song from the TV show Home Improvement. I don't remember that one. Can you put it under yeah. it? under here? Bobby? Yeah, uh, I'll try. Uh, it's a uh, very 90s TV theme songy instrumental. Uh, what? Very stupid. And it ends with that, right? It ends with the Tim Allen I remember that. Thing. How could you forget? Uh, Andrew teases us saying he's written a poem, but there's no time to hear it. Hmm. Just another, <laughs> just another uh, victim of the shot clock on TVTL, and yet an extending conversation about Christian music saved for us to hear. Should I try to get that poem from Andrew as well? Yes, please. Okay, put it on the list. Okay, I'm going to put the microphone down for a second. <laughs> we got a Friday episode number 1986. Teach me how to meanie. Uh, we're pregnant from TBTL, apparently. It's gross in Bellingham, and Luke is going crazy with the drops. Uh, we get into some <laughs> Weird Ale talk and comparisons and contrasts between Weird Ale, Bare Naked Ladies, and They Might Be Giants. Um, Weird Ale never resonated with me very well. I mean, I like it. If I hear it, eat it. It's a jam. I get it. Um, but I couldn't put on a Weird Ale record. I mean, I would go crazy. <laughs> I think I finally figured out after this week why I didn't care for Weird Al and it's all on me and not Weird Al. I think what happened was like over the years I would listen to the songs and they were clever and they were kind of funny, but I always thought in the back of my mind I could write something that funny or even funnier. But what I realized this week is that I have no musical talent. So <laughs> so that or or good ideas that part of the game would have been completely missing so there would really have been no way for me to actually execute what he was doing so i should actually now you admire him. you're back to respect i respect yeah. him yeah okay well respect is a good first step um andrew's landlord i guess i knew that it makes sense because andrew's landlord has kids and we hear about the kids but Andrew explicitly says he's pretty sure the landlord's slightly younger than him. Was anyone else picturing like a curmudgeonly old man? Yeah, always. When you right with all the landlord. smoker talk and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, not me, because I pictured kind of the 
t-ball coach dad that wears that uh material that swishes when he walks <laughs> and a lot of pullover pullover shirts with v-neck type things sure, the, the, golf, the golf pullover yeah be, because he talked about the kids and how um they're they're getting in trouble with the smoke or whatever well in a pinch i think christy will imagine anyone wearing an engineer's hat and you know mm-hmm. That'll yeah. put her over the top. Maybe some sunglasses on the back of his head. <laughs> you know that kind of guy. Frosted tips. Yeah, always chewing gum kind of loudly. Mm. Probably calls everyone by their last name only. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, the conversation about earworms and uh, Terry Gross. I guess Luke's been binging Terry Gross recently and has issue with the way she pronounces commune. Yeah. Uh, I will, I will say that I get a lot of yelling that goes on over here, over Terry Gross. Emily cannot stand Terry Gross. And then when she starts on one of those mispronunciation, sorry, mispronunciation jags where she does the same one over and over. I mean, I have to get out of the room before stuff starts flying. So, (laughs) so Emily feels Luke's pain on that. I think it's funny. I, well, commune and commune are two different. Yes, they are. Yes, words. Yes, they are because commune's a verb, right? Yes. And especially Luke, who was in a cult in a commune, mm-hmm. he gets to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like he has personal reason to have beef with right. Terry Crews. This is the first time that he gets to have yeah. beef when he has it. Oh yeah, he gets a pass for that. And oh. you know, mm-hmm. I think she's pretty good at her job, but but. Uh, you know, we don't need to be reverent over Terry Gross because, I mean, Bobby knows this. They take at least two days off every week. They just look for a celebrity to die and then someone combs over the archives oh. and they put their feet up and yep. play the old interviews. It's it's like a three-day-a-week show, really, at this point. Yeah, their Dave Davies budget is through the roof. <laughs> yeah, he, he's always sitting in and playing the tapes, spinning the hits. <laughs> Speaking of playing uh, the tapes, Bobby, what's our clip of the week? That's a great question, Mike. Uh, I think uh, there is no clip of the week this week because all of the great content that usually gets turned into clip of the week was lost uh, due to the timers on this mm. week's shows. Time constraints. It just never happened. It's it, The clip of the week will forever only be a twinkle in Luke and Andrew's eyes from this week because yes. there was so much left unsaid. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Yep, clip of the week is somewhere with Meredith in the ground in Florida. <laughs> in the soft ground of Florida. <laughs> That's right, it'll bubble up again in no time. Yes. Uh, back to Butterfinger talk. Based on Andrew's description of a Butterfinger last week, Luke would have never guessed he was talking about a Butterfinger. Only everyone else on Earth knew it was a Butterfinger. Uh, well, but... except the editing. We learned that there was editing right. that happened. See, see, this is what happens when TPTL edits. Apparently, Andrew... Yeah. Luke sounds like an idiot. Well... <laughs> and everyone gets mad. Right. <laughs> uh, Luke asked if there was a citrus flavor to the right. candy bar. <laughs> First of all, what? Because he did say... <laughs> no, because he said, it's orange crispies in it. And he said, is it citrus flavored uh, buffalo and wing. then what well, <laughs> what we didn't hear was andrew said yes yes it does right oh god so then it's back to what is it what because what fucking if, candy bar has citrus flavor? that i know i'll tell you those 
those ones that are chocolate shaped like an orange. That's not a candy bar. That's not I know. a bar. It's I know, but that's what I thought. That's what I would have thought. And then that's why <laughs> Luke didn't understand what he's talking about because there is no candy bar that has citrus flavor in it. So wait, Andrew, are you telling me this candy bar uh, uh, is chocolate? And it has no crispies in it, and it's not a bar. That's the only way. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. That, but that's what I'm saying is that's why Luke sounded like an idiot. And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Meanwhile, we're all screaming Butterfinger. Right. <laughs> but he cut out the piece that showed that Luke wasn't being an idiot. I did appreciate that Andrew owned it on the newsletter this yeah. week. Though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that he got texts from everyone just screaming yeah. Butterfinger. <laughs> uh, the Hayes Paradox is something we're introduced to. Chris Hayes of MSNBC's All In with Chris Hayes. Uh, I would say we, uh, what, TBTL's biggest celebrity that we know of. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um Wants longer shows. He's weighing in on this debate that's been, that's been so... Uh, burning on on facebook and on the show he likes the longer shows and he is the busiest person we yeah. know yeah if he's and not he complaining likes the longer shows if he's not complaining i mean everyone else shut the fuck up right exactly whatever you're doing whatever we're doing it's not, it's not as important, important as what chris hayes is doing That's right. right um i don't know why the dave ross thing wasn't actually the top story it wasn't Technically, but uh, Dave Ross at the White House, that's Dave Ross of Cairo Radio of the Ross and Burbank show, uh, asks Obama if that plane that went down might have had a bomb on it. Tell us straight up, Obama. And he answers. And Dave Ross is getting 15 minutes of fame in the national media for asking that question. Yeah, that was amazing. And we love him for it. Dave Ross, a man easily scared by tens in parking lots in Ithaca, (laughs) asks the hard hitting question. Well, you finally get to see a good picture of Dave Dave Ross. He's sitting with the president, and you see how his legs are dangling from the chair. You just see how tiny Dave Ross actually is. It's so great. He's like a toy. He came and spoke at uh, one of my company's banquets one time, and uh, he had to come out from behind the lectern because he couldn't see over. And I'm serious about that. He had he came around with a microphone and gave his talk. I love that guy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Obama is head and shoulders over him on their side-by-side picture, mm-hmm. which, well, we're not going to take that from Cairo and make it the show picture, but maybe I'll post it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, way to go, Dave Ross, right? That's yeah. the moral of the story. Friend of the show, yeah. Dave Ross. Not our show. And a TNTL. very rare breed of uh, more or less a liberal uh, AM talk show host. Mm-hmm. You don't see that many of those guys <clears throat> around. God bless him. Yeah. Uh, Andrew talks about when he was the producer of the Ross and Burbank show, talking about all the great guests he was able to book uh, at <laughs> the Obama great. level, including but not limited to Phoenix Jones. Phoenix, <laughs> Phoenix Jones. It, it's Phoenix Jones and the old lady who reviewed the Olive Garden, not the <laughs> Chili's. I'm so glad they caught that mistake live, oh, yeah. or else that was going to be another hell story. <laughs> from now, from now on, yeah. whenever he there's a mistake like that, I'm just going to text Butterfinger to Andrew. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh the top story awesome audio but not because that's that's taken so Nito Audiola 
is the 89-year-old stand-up guy uh, does stand-up for the first time, 89 years old, and uh, he does all right. He kills it. I love that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you relate to him, so I understand why <laughs> you would like him. Yeah. Yeah. He's your generation. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Um. Yeah, there wasn't really more to it than that. It's just no. that he was great and that the waitress was terrible, just like any other comedy show. Yep. Um, Andrew's personality is an uncomplimentary stew. He's beating himself up a little too much this week. I think he had a good week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he wants to do stand-up someday. Hmm. I want to watch. I don't. Me too. <laughs> to me, it's like nope. watching. It's like watching karaoke. I don't want to do it. I don't want to watch it. It just makes me nervous. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, he might be fantastic at it, but I'm guessing his first time is not going to be fantastic, and I don't want to be there watching him bomb. Right. Uh, hero fantasies we've been down this road before actually there were episodes dedicated to it mm-hmm. uh tupac and the digital underground how did how does andrew not know that they were all wrapped up with each other how does andrew not know that how does he live through the 90s and not know that he is a white kid from ohio but he he admittedly was really into hip-hop and he he tried to rap tupac on the show well, you know, he had to embarrass himself one more time. And with the clock being tight the way it is these days, he had to get it in quick. That's true. Uh, they play the Ben Carson ad featuring that terrible song it sounded, about Ben Carson. That, that ad sounded just like there's a Bail Bondsman ad on the radio here in Austin. It sounded exactly the same. And it's just <clears> as catchy. It's a good ad. Well, Luke well, says so, it's better than most because it's catchy. And Christy, I don't want to cut you off because I know I do that. Well, it's just um, that all these Republican candidates play these songs without permission and then they get the cease <laughs> right. and desist letters right. from all the artists. So he is someone that actually gets to have music at his hmm. at, at all his appearances. That's a good point. Yeah, this is yep. this is approved for once. Yep. You know, Steven Seagal has an album out, so there's no reason the others couldn't have music. <laughs> uh, we get an email from listener Colleen. It's not an email, actually. It's a Facebook comment telling uh, that this first date that Luke heard gave her first date story PTSD. <laughs> uh, so I think we all have a cringeworthy story first date, right? At some point or another. I would love to tell some, but I, you know, time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, There are going to be t-shirts for sale at the TBTL 2K. So Christy, I think I owe you 10 bucks. I, I didn't think they'd get their shit together for a merch table, Um, Mm -hmm. but at least, and it's not going to be the dolls and stuff, or maybe it will also be, but there will be Mm -hmm. t-shirts. Can y'all get me a uh, two, two X athletic fit? (laughs) (laughs) Only if they have slim cut with a deep V will I get it for you. (laughs) Slim cut with a deep V is exactly the way I like my Mike Frizzell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And get me and my point. Give me one of those TBTL engineer hats too, because I'm gonna I'm gonna get out there and try to get some ladies. <laughs> I gotta get you a TBTL man bun elastic. Oh, yes. Uh, Andrew, uh, music for your weekend. Andrew picks some prom queen. Luke picks a song from the Von Traps, which was fine, but I would argue that that they really are running thin on the music for your weekend. Well. 
Uh, and listener Steph picks a Laura Gibson song because Laura Gibson was going to be on Livewire. So it's all just Livewire plugs. Uh, and then there's a little bit of talk about Andrew's Owen Meany impression at the end. Uh, which inspires the episode title. Uh, because who's the she author who's going to be on? John Irving? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there's the tie in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, kind of a whimper end to the Friday show. Uh, anything else from the week, guys? Not for me. Take no? your silence as a no. Bef- <laughs> some housekeeping. Before we talk about archivists, let's talk about the best of Western Washington rig the election contest. <laughs> um, I don't know what stands with the best of Western Washington. I know there's usually a long time before they announce it. Yeah. Either they've announced it and we didn't win or they haven't announced it yet. They need to book Kim's flight down to Austin. So they're still <laughs> working on that. That's why. Okay. So they're still working out the logistics for yeah. that. The airport, the, the flooding took out one of the towers at the airport. So, you know, it might be a few weeks before I get my award. All okay. right. Fair enough. In the interim, it will not be much longer before our Wagoneers win their awards. We promised prizes for three people who went out and voted for us. And we're going to do that right now. Our first prize, which is a set of little red bandwagon and 10 stickers, uh, goes to Peter Olson. Uh, of course, just like TBTL, I don't know the pronunciations, Peter P E D E R Olson, O L S S O N. I also have no idea where Peter lives. I got to go look that up. It is Peter Olson, but you just say it, you, you say it in sort of an insulting Scandinavian accent. That's, that's kind of how you, (laughs) uh, I don't know. Is there any other kind of Scandinavian accent? Uh, I don't know. It's yeah. The, the Swedish chef. No, is it Swedish? That's not Scandinavian. Whatever. You just (laughs) sound like a big, dumb white guy when you say Peter Olson. Like that. Peter Olson. There you go. All right. Mm -hmm. So your top prize, you're getting stickers. Second prize, a set of steak knives uh, (laughs) is Ashley Gilliam. Uh, Ashley voted approximately 30 times. (laughs) So the odds were good that she was going to win a prize. Ashley's hosting the Dallas meetup for the 2000th show. And I'm looking forward to meeting her and seeing that enthusiasm in person. And her set of steak knives, her little red bandwagon steak knives, which will be coming out her <laughs> way. We'll also throw a couple of stickers in with those. Uh, and third prize, Rob Lau, you're fired. <laughs> I've called his boss. Even though it's a Sunday, I called his boss at home, the hospital administrators, and they are firing him in the morning. Well, and like I said, is that um, Mike being close to him and Rob being a um, – cardiologist we shouldn't be firing him oh he's fired from his job at, at the hospital but he's going to be but my, now he's your personal yeah, he's doctor my personal cardiologist <laughs> okay right he's like going to be an on-call cardiologist i told you before we started recording that his life will now be the tv show royal pains i still okay. don't know so what he's going to be doing cardiology for rich Car- people he's a, in the hamptons yeah he's a concierge doctor okay. right we have an extra bedroom <laughs> perfect uh so rob congratulations third place you're fired. Perfect. Also comes with some stickers. We'll get an address from you and send those out. And Christy, archive update. Archive update. I put something on the Stens page, and we are now up to 95 arch- archivists. And uh, I'm really excited wait, wait, about Terry this. Wait, wait. Terry Gross, is it archivists or archivists? Or archivists. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with archivists. Archivists. Archivist. Yeah, I want archivist. All right, Terry, go ahead. Whatever will drive Emily the most crazy 
is what I'm going to do. So I'm going to say Arch As Ibis. long as you do it breathlessly like Terry Gross. That's what re Emily really okay. enjoys. Okay. <laughs> Um, so we have 95 people working on this project and we are up to 505 episodes archived. Nice. So that's awesome. And we have our first. So what we also announced is if you complete five weeks, you get a set of stickers. And I sent out my the first set of stickers to Ben Quick for completing five weeks. He is a machine. Yeah. he And he's working on a special... Um, a special project where he's going to do all the radio days. Damn. For me. He's yeah, he's good. We love Ben. That's awesome. He's going to get so many stickers. Cause I guess so if he does stickers. five more weeks, he gets another set of stickers, right? How many, yep. how many dog yeah. assholes does he have to cover over there? <laughs> right. Well, I think he does have a baby, so maybe he can use it as diapers. There we go. <laughs> Just disposable stickers. Yep. <laughs> all right. Uh, if you want to get involved with this show and be a part of our Friday shows, we're booking our next few weeks now, actually. We're looking for more people to be on the Friday show. Uh, visit LittleRedBandwagon.com and fill out the form. That's also where you will find stickers. And mm -hmm. uh, you can email us if you want to archive. If you just want stickers without doing any work, that's very doable. Check out the merch store, LittleRedBandwagon.com. On Facebook at LittleRedBandwagon. On Twitter, I'm at RL Pape. Mike's at Drew McFrizz. Christy. Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. -E -E Producer Jeremy is a dadstronaut. And from the beyond, Meredith underscore Mahan, no Y, Meredith underscore M-A-H-A-N. Show Twitter's LRB podcast, great place to see Christy Lace and Sick Burns down on mic. Email us at <laughs> littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Guys, we're in a hurry. Don't laugh. Voicemail and text to 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. The latest episode of Nerd Out Loud is non-existent, so no time for a plug there. And Christy, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. And I love you, Jen. Get in the zone. The Napa zone. How dare you undercut my sponsorship? <laughs> How dare you? Nailed it. Hold up, call that horse out there. Boy, I don't fool with no horses, boy. Hey, go ahead and drive that belt away. Hell no. I ain't worried about the tick, I'm worried about the horse.